Awesome. All right, let's uh, open our Bibles. If you have your Bible or your app. By the way, kids, uh, super glad you're here. And um, it's what we're going to do, kids, right now is we're going to get into the Bible. We're going to study the Bible together and see what it's telling us today. So get your Bibles or your devices. Uh, we do have those coloring sheets and activity sheets. Looks like most of you saw that. Good deal. If you need another one, I've got extra copies. Um, so, Lord, we come before your word today. We want you to teach us. Lord, we're not, we're not coming and opening your Bible to tell you what, what we want to know or, or to tell you what, what we think it ought to be or, or our preconceived ideas. We want you to inform us. We want you to teach us. What should we do? How should we be? Instruct us and teach us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. We're going to go through 14 today. And after he had said these things, this is Jesus, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. And they also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olivet, or the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered the city, they went to the upper room where they were staying. And it lists the disciples there. And then verse 14 says, These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. Along with the women, men and women were all together, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. All right, before you put your Bible away, turn to Luke 24. Luke 24. This is same author. And, and as this is the tail end of his first letter, and right now in Acts, we're reading the beginning of his second letter. So Luke 24, we kind of overlap here a little bit. 24, verse 50, the very end of the book. Can I hear a kid tell me when they get there? Are you there? Do- Dolly's there. Okay, all right. All right, verse 50, and he led them out as far as Bethany and and lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And, And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. All right, one more, Mark 16. Mark 16, just a little bit to the left of Luke Mark 16, verse 19. Again, the end of Mark. So then, when Jesus, when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Then they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them, confirming the word by the signs that followed. Amen. All right, so we got, we got a couple different accounts of this event, and 
So what, what's going on here? We know that they're on the Mount of Olives. We know that the Mount of Olives is right next to Jerusalem. If, if you have been there, anybody been to Jerusalem? A few of us, you've been there. You, you can look out from the hilltop of Jerusalem. You can look to the east, and it's just but a couple hundred yards away. The Mount of Olives is right there. You cross this valley and then go up, and it's olive groves. The trees are still there today. The olive trees um, that are part of that grove, they're still there today. And so it goes up to the east, and then just on the other side of the Mount of Olives is where Bethany was. And there was a couple little villages over there. That's where Bethany was. In Luke, it says he went as far as Bethany. So he's on the Mount of Olives. He's up on a hill next to Jerusalem. This is one of Jesus' favorite places to be. He's, uh, we see several occasions while he's in the garden of Gethsemane is on the Mount of Olives. Jesus had been resurrected. He had been crucified and resurrected and had spent 40 days with his disciples and his followers, not just the 12, but, but several hundred people were following him around. He was appearing to different people. He was doing different things. Uh, scripture says it w- he was giving many convincing proofs He was making sure that they knew that he was real, that he wasn't a ghost. He was the real Jesus, and he was really raised from the dead. There had also been lots of teaching moments where Jesus was teaching the disciples about the kingdom of God, especially in light of what had just happened. He had had spent three and a half years teaching them about the kingdom of God, but now things were a little more serious when he comes back from the dead. Like, he had their attention at a new level, and he's describing to them the kingdom of God. Um, And he talked about how he was going to set up his earthly kingdom, but not yet, right? Last week, we talked about understanding the, the two parts of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes when you believe in him, and then later will fill the earth, and nobody will have a choice but to be in the presence of the Lord. When they asked, when are you going to set, when are you going to cover the earth? When are you going to fulfill the prophecies? He said, he said, don't worry about that. It's none of your business. Well, they thought it was their business, but, but he said, no, no, you, you don't understand. You get the Holy Spirit now, but the Father alone gets to decide when he will recover the earth with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Meanwhile, you have something that you should be concerned about. You You should be paying attention to the task that I gave you. That's what you ought to be doing. So don't worry about the other stuff. Do what I told you to do. So then he's been talking to them and now they're on the mountain and as, as he's giving a final blessing or a benediction, he raises his hands to bless them. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And, 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 and as he's doing that, he starts lifting off the ground kind of in slow motion. He goes and just, just lifts up into the sky. And while he's blessing them, I hope they heard the end of that blessing because it was probably good, but he's getting further away. He's getting further away and they're, they're just looking at him like, you know, they'd seen lots of crazy stuff, but you know, this was kind of slow-mo crazy. And he's, he's, there he goes. You can, you can kind of see in your mind kind of the video, uh, you know, the cameras can zoom in really well, but your eyes can do that really well too. Have you ever taken a picture of the moon because it was so impressive and then your picture on your phone just sucks? Like, that is not what I was looking at, right? Your eyes are amazing. So, so their eyes are tracking. They are, they are zooming in on Jesus, and there he goes right up until a cloud conceals him, and they can't see him anymore. While they're doing that, a couple dudes dressed in white showed up, and they kind of snuck in the back. 
but they, none of them saw because they were all zoomed in up here. And I, I think of, um, you ever seen those, those cat videos with the cucumber? <laughs> Sorry. So, some, of you, <laughs> some, some of you kids that have seen these, these videos, uh, they, they give the cat some food and they're eating and then they put a cucumber on the floor behind them. Yes, and, and then they turn around and the cat just goes nuts when it sees a cucumber most of the time. I don't know why. Cats have trouble with cucumbers and that's why the videos are funny. I just, there's no explanation for that. They turn around and see it and freak out. Didn't know that was there. Didn't see that coming. Um, I imagine something like that happened here. They, they all turn around and went, ah! oh, there's a dude in white right there that wasn't there before. Sneaky angels. They showed up when everyone was distracted. And what did they say to him? They said, uh, why are you standing here? <laughs> this, this Jesus who has gone uh, was raised up into the sky just like this. He's going to come back someday and it, he will come back in the same manner to the same place. He's, he's, uh, he's coming back. And by the way, didn't Jesus tell you what to do when he left? Yes, he did. Yes, yes he did. So you should go do that. You should go do that now. That's basically what the angel said. Don't stop standing around. Go do what he told you to do. Uh, come on, snap out of it. Let's go. Um, I love the, the description that they say he's coming back in the same way that he left. This also lines up with other prophecies in the Old Testament. Matthew. Do you know the prophecy? Do you? He was, he was literally reciting Zechariah right there. <laughs> um, the prophet says that, that he'll come and stand on the Mount of Olives and, uh, and it will split in two from east to west and, and one part will go north, one part will go south. And, and right there by Jerusalem, it also talks about a river flowing from the temple, um, all that. But, but the angel said, he's coming back in the same way that he left. Uh, have you ever, just a couple years ago, SpaceX they, they revolutionized the, uh, the, the rocket industry, right? They were building these rockets. Well, now rockets don't just have to crash into the sea and we do a recovery thing. They can land again. They can land. Literally, it's like, it's like putting it in reverse and it lands the same way that it took off. That's kind of the image of Jesus went up slowly and ever, had everybody's attention. He's coming down slowly and we'll have everybody's attention when he comes back. So the angel said, hey, 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 let's go. He's coming back. Don't worry about that. He told you you can't know when he's coming back. He told you that you're not going to know, but he did give you an assignment, so let's get to that. Uh, kids, have you ever been told what to do, and then you get distracted? This is a common theme in my household, um, where, where there have, there's been an assignment given, and then uh, a little while later, you find that child and, and the assignment's not been completed and you say, what happened? I got distracted. I got distracted, yes. Well, we're going to work on focus. That's what we're going to do because I'm tired of repeating myself. Um, Jesus had made very clear what his assignment was. Okay, but why is this happening? Why is Jesus going up to heaven in this way? Um, couldn't he just, you know, stop showing up? one day and, and be gone? Um, why, is it, why is it important that this happened in this way? 
we see that Jesus has been giving many signs and wonders and convincing proofs uh, to prove that he is Jesus. He did this so that they would know that he was real. They needed to know, know, know. They needed to know that they know. Sometimes you know something, but sometimes you really know something. You're very sure of something. They needed to be very sure because they were heading into a season where things were going to get tested and people were going to tell them not to believe what they believed and not to talk about it. But they were going to need to know because they were actually going to have to give up their lives for this. And it's hard to give up your life for something you don't know. It was going to get hard. But there's another reason for this ascension. There's probably more than this, but but here's what we're going to focus on today. When Jesus left, it was an official goodbye, an official ending to that season. This had been a wonderful season where Jesus, in the flesh, with the disciples, was here. They got to see him. They got to to see how he did things, how he said things. They got to hear his physical voice. And it was a wonderful season for them, but the season that was coming needed much more than one physical man to do this. But if he didn't leave, then it would just be contained in one person, one one physical body, and it would be limited to that because you know those disciples weren't going to go do their own thing with Jesus right here. So this final thing, this was a sign. This was a, a what, what is a sign? A sign, you see like a stop sign on the road. It communicates something. It tells everybody something. It's not, you can have a miracle or a wonder, which is wonderful and, and miraculous, and everybody goes, wow, but may not communicate something. A sign says something. This was a sign to them that this season was done. We, we have signs out here. We have billboards. I've got sandwich board signs on the street. I want people to know things. I, I tell them, hey, service starts at 10 a.m. Um, you see, you pull up to a traffic light, and, and the red means something, and the green means something. It says something to you. It gives instructions. Why did he have to leave? Why did he go up in that way? It was a definite sign that said, All right, now we're going into the next assignment. The things that I've been telling you, now's the time. I'm out of the way. I'm gone. It's weird to say that about Jesus. I'm out of the way. Now you can go. He said in John 16, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. The disciples are like, you're nuts. It is not to my advantage that you go away. I want you here. He said, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. In other words, it's better for you that I go because I can send the Holy Spirit. He'll be exactly what you need when you need it and not limited to a human body. And that's what you're going to need. The ascension was a sign of closure to that season, ending of that season, and that the next season was coming. That's what it meant. And the disciples, they could move on and do what he said, not wondering if Jesus was really still around. Because if he had just stopped appearing, if he had just stopped coming and just, was, you know, just wasn't there without a definite goodbye, then they would always be wondering, is he going to show up again? Is, is this, they, needed, they needed a closure and a move on moment. Because Jesus did surprise them a number of times. 
when they weren't expecting him. So this was, this was a, it was needed. They could now get to work and focus on the mission that he gave them. He wanted them focused. And as long as he was there, they couldn't do that. They would stay with him instead. So now it was final. Jesus, the man, is no longer here. That season is done, and it's over. It's time for the next season. What's the next season? The founding and the explosive growth of the church of Jesus Christ. Now, in that transition of seasons, it can be really, really hard. No doubt the disciples went through some sort of mourning process that their friend and and rabbi Jesus was no longer with them in the flesh. Scripture doesn't tell us about that, but you've been through change, you adults in the room. A season where you maybe moved somewhere, you went to another community, or, or there was a change in your church, or uh, a friend moves away. My wife had, had a good friend move away recently. Uh, maybe, maybe a debilitating injury that restricts freedoms that you took for granted and got used to. You lose a loved one. A job transition. These are changes in seasons where one comes to an end and another begins. Both can't happen at the same time. But the way forward through this, through the seasons of change and transition, like the disciples experienced here, the way forward is to focus on obedience. Focus on obedience. What did the disciples do when Jesus left? Well, after staring their eyes out into the sky and being scared by the dudes in white, uh, they remembered what he had said. And scripture says, and they returned to Jerusalem, like Jesus had said. He said, wait in Jerusalem for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Wait until you are clothed with power from on high. Go back to Jerusalem and wait. They knew what they were supposed to do. So they did it. They went back. And Luke says they went back to that upper room, probably the same place they had the Last Supper with Jesus. Probably the, the place where they'd been hanging out with Jesus. And they went back there and they prayed. And they, they were all on the same page. But they were obedience. And that's how they transitioned from one season to the next. Obedience. Jesus gave them instructions and they needed to do it. Okay. So that's our, that's our narrative, that's our story, that's what happens in Scripture. So what does it mean for you and for me? How do we apply this to us? Because I am a pastor and I write things in, in presentable forms, I have three points for you. Three. Number one, and what the disciples had to do and decide was Believe in who Jesus is. Jesus spent a lot of time convincing them that he was who he was, especially in those 40 days. He is God's son. He is sent to pay for your sins and to bring you back into relationship with the Father that you were designed for all along. Jesus gave evidence for people to believe that he was God, but it was ultimately their decision to believe that he was God. So it's your decision today as well to believe that Jesus is God and believe in who he is. Believe he is who he said he is. Number two, this one is everybody's favorite. Do what Jesus says. 
In other words, obey, (laughs) obey. Just like kids, you got to obey your parents, right? What happens when you don't obey? No volunteers? No. Because Jesus gave specific instructions for his disciples what to do. He spent, he spent a lot of time instructing and teaching about the kingdom and teaching them how to lead. You remember he gave them leadership lessons and, and how, to, how to be the apostles, the, the sent ones that he was going to send when he left. He gave all the believers instructions as well. This wasn't just for the disciples. This was for all of us. Your job and your reason for being here on earth today is help other people believe in Jesus also and to obey him too. Go make disciples of of all the nations, teaching them to do all I have commanded you to do. That's what he said. That's your job. If he didn't have that job for you, as soon as you accepted him as Lord and Savior, Savior, as soon as you gave him your life, he would just zip you out of here and you'd be in heaven with him. Some of us wish that would happen, right? Hey, I'm out. I'm done. I do not want any of this. But guess what? He has a job for you. He has instructions for you. And your job is to obey. You need to obey. But you still have to choose that. You get to choose to say yes, sir, and obey. So what has he told you to do? To tell others to make disciples, to obey him first and then, and then teach others to do that? How are you doing with that? How are you doing with obedience? The Bible gives us clear instructions for how we're to live our lives and to follow Jesus. So the second thing is do what Jesus says to do. First is believe in who Jesus is and then do what Jesus says and third and finally let it go. Let it go. Don't get caught up in the last season. But instead, focus on following his instructions. As change is hard, especially when you're transitioning out of a wonderful season. My personal experience in this, my last season was a wonderful season. And and transitioning out of that season into this season is not always an easy thing. But if I stay in the previous season, if I stay in the last thing, if I don't let it go, if I keep thinking like that, then I will miss what God has for us here, for me here, right now, in this season. I've got to let it go. And how do I do that? I focus on obedience. I focus on doing what he said. When Jesus was with the disciples, he was giving them instructions for what to do after he left. And being with Jesus for three and a half years, watching, learning, imitating, absorbing, that was amazing. That was necessary. But now that's done. That's gone. Now it's a new season. And the Holy Spirit would pick up and expand where Jesus left off. The disciples needed to make the shift. They had to make the shift or it wasn't going to happen. They needed to focus on being obedient. We need the same thing. We need to be willing to, to leave something great, to leave something awesome in the past and move into the next thing that God has for us. 
What instructions has he spoken to you about this next season or the next phase? The wonderful thing about our God is that if you don't know, you can ask him. And he will tell you. James says that anyone who lacks wisdom, ask. Ask him and he'll give it without reproach. He won't even judge you for not knowing. He just wants you to know. He wants to give you that wisdom. Jesus said, I don't consider you slaves, but friends. And you get to know, you get to be in on the the inside information. I'll let you know what's going on. I'll tell you what you need to do. So you need to believe Jesus is who he says he is. You need to do what Jesus says to do. And you've got to let the last season go. Some of us are in bigger spots of transition than others. Kids, you might not, you might not be in a huge season of change right now. Maybe you are. Maybe you are. As adults, we get more attached to things. I don't think we like to admit that, but we do. We get, we get more attached to things and, and it becomes harder to, to let go. I was looking for... Seth, are you in here? There you are. Hey, come on out, man. When Jesus ascended to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father, like Mark says... He ended an incredible era. It was a sign that said, this season is coming to a close. But it was also a sign that said, the next season is coming and it's going to be stinking awesome. You can't even imagine what's happening. What did Jesus say to his disciples? These things you see me do, you're going to do greater things than that. The Holy Spirit through you is going to do greater things than you see me do now. In number, in, in uh, reach, in just a matter of a few short years, the church was established all over the known world. Every major city had the gospel being preached in its streets. It was upending all kinds of cultural norms all over the world. The gospel of Jesus, the freedom that God was giving, the the welcoming back into his presence that he had for humanity, for us, was, was spreading all over the place and it could not have happened in the previous season. He ended an era and pushed the disciples into the new one. Go to Jerusalem. Wait for the Holy Spirit. He gave them instructions. He promised he would come back. Scripture backs that up and before and after him. He will come back. He has gone to sit at the, the right hand of the Father. He has gone to prepare a place for us, but he'll come back and he'll come in the same way he left. Every eye will see him. It'll be slow-mo Jesus coming down onto the Mount of Olives split the mountain, a river from the temple down, making the dead sea alive. It's going to be amazing. I was going to try and say some cool phrase or something. I'm not going to do that. Far out was not where I was going with that one. 
but that's good. But until he comes back, he's given us something to do. He's given us an assignment to be disciples and to make disciples. And that's how we get through the next season. That's how we go through seasons of change. That's how we, we uh, stay on track when things around us change. When we find ourselves in a new environment, when we wish that the previous good thing could keep going, the way we keep going, the way we move forward is to focus on obedience. We believe who he said he is and we do what he said to do and then we can let the previous season go. You don't forget about the previous season. Believe me, they didn't forget about walking with Jesus for three and a half years. In fact, that's what they taught for the rest of their life. He gave us something to do. We should do that. We should do that. I feel like uh, if, if, some, if there were a message from God today, it would be those, those dudes in white that showed up when nobody was looking. And their, and their message to us would be, why are you standing here? What are you doing? Are, are you going to obey? You're you going to do, like, you remember that he said to do something. And after we freak out because we didn't know they were there and we get all surprised and, and, and all that, then, then we go, oh, right. He did tell us to do something and that's what we're going to do. We want to keep obeying now and into the future and that's how we will keep going forward as individual disciples and as the church. Do you believe Jesus is who he said he is? Are you ready to do what Jesus said to do? And even if you mess up, we'll just keep, we'll just keep trying. Seth had a great word on that today. Even if you mess up, even if you don't obey, you can still obey. You can still decide to obey again. Kids, you know what this, this is like at home. Even, even if you haven't obeyed before, you can still obey. <laughs> you can still do the right thing. Lord Jesus, we believe you are who you said you are. That's where it starts in our hearts. We, we are convinced that you are the son of the living God. We are convinced that you did die for our sins and that you rose from the dead. We're convinced that you are now seated at the right hand of the Father and that you will come back. But you've given us things to do. You've given us a world to reach and instructions on how to, how to pursue you with our own hearts. Today, Lord, we're deciding again to obey. And reminded, as it were, like, like the, the angels reminded the disciples. We don't want to stand still. We don't want, want to be caught up in, in what has happened before. We want to move with you, Holy Spirit. Give us the wisdom, the awareness, the strength to obey. To obey. And give us the grace to leave what is behind us behind. To, to move into what you have for us. Holy Spirit, you have amazing things to work in our lives and through us and the world around us. We want to be a part of that. Don't let us just stand still, watching, 
that's our heart today, Lord. And if you agree with that prayer, would you say amen? Amen. As you go this week, may you be full of the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit. May you know that you know that you know that Jesus is who he says he is. May you have the grace to obey him in his name. Amen. Amen. Amen.